Welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Stephen Byrne and over the next while we're going to talk to former Leinster captain Chris Pym. On the show we talk about Leinster's Heineken Champions Cup quarterfinal against Exeter, whether Leinster would have preferred to play Toulon last week for match sharpness, Munster's loss to Toulouse and Ronan O'Gara and La Rochelle. <laughs> Good, thanks Stephen. Yeah, all good, thank you. Busy, busy, busy. Um, Chris, busy, we'll go busy, busy. straight... Yeah, exactly. We'll get straight into uh, what's coming up this weekend. And of course, it's the daunting task Leinster have travelling to Sandy Park to play Exeter. Exeter have said during the week, um, or the coach has said that they've been watching Leinster over the last couple of years, not copying the style but getting a lot of inspiration from it let's put it that way they're looking very dangerous they are the reigning champions how do you see it going on Saturday? Yeah tough it's going to be a real test now of what we have available they're pretty much full we're missing probably three or four key players so I think if we step up tomorrow if we well if we get over the line tomorrow it'll uh, it'll be some performance Um, they look like they're fully booted and suited and you know so yeah and I'd be a big big Rob Baxter fan I think he's done an absolutely amazing job there and it's over there I know there's no crowd and whatever but um, yeah look uh, but as a, a true blue we'll uh, we'll pop for them to f- somehow pull it out of the bag yeah fingers crossed Chris they're just uh, they're, they're really good offloaders of the ball they're particularly dangerous like Leinster are once they get inside their 22 they don't like leaving there empty handed Leinster yeah. really ups their game in that department it's like it's yeah. sort of like Leinster v Leinster-ish um, but Exeter just in a better flow at the moment I feel yeah what is that so and they've had probably more testing games for want of a better word but I suppose one of the interesting things from last weekend was that they went down by 15, 16 points and then just clawed it back and if Leinster could get a start like that you know that they wouldn't relinquish it in quite the same way so maybe there is just a, an opportunity there that if we could get a start like we did against Munster where we just keep the ball and don't let them play and don't let them into the game you know you'd imagine that would be the strategy that you, you know they can't score if they don't have the ball um, we can keep the ball and keep them down, you know, inside their own half, inside their own territory, I think, you know, and get a couple of early stores. Well, then I would absolutely trust them to to close the deal. But um, you would hate for them to go behind early and then start to try and force the game. It mightn't just suit them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rob Baxter did say after the match last week that he just felt... The, the first half was just trying to get the players back in their synchronisation after international duty and whatever else. And then when they hit their straps, they hit their straps. Uh, Leinster, Chris, I suppose we've heard both sides of it this week that some of the, not playing Toulon gives them a chance to rest, makes them a bit fresher, but not playing Toulon gives them a lack of a hit out physicality to take a yeah. step up from the Munster match and then into the Exeter game. Where do you sit on that sort of thing? I would absolutely sit on the side of not having had a game is a benefit, um, particularly this time of year. 
given, you know, it's been quite a long season with kind of a protracted, not a protracted, as in nobody really knew where they were with pre-season and it was all quite messy. I mean, there's been quite a lot of international games before Christmas with that Autumn Cup thing and then straight into Six Nations. So a lot of guys, while some of them mightn't have played a huge amount of, of minutes, you know, it's been a long season. And I think if you get a week off at this time of year, that has to be a benefit. So yeah. I would not see it as a, a negative. I fully appreciate the the argument around we had a really good hit out against a good European team and it'll help bring us on. But I think at this time of year, there's definitely an element of if we can bring a bit of freshness and I've had a week off, well then I think that's a bonus at this time of year. Okay. So yeah. I wouldn't see it as a as a negative, particularly if we can get a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, strange circumstances around the Toulon match as well. Um we've heard all the talk since. Um it was a bit of an unusual one. Yeah. Both sides blaming each other. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really got my head around it. It did seem a bit strange. And so, I mean, there's obviously protocols there and somebody didn't follow a step somewhere along the way. But based on the fact that their player tested positive on Wednesday, they pulled him out of the, out of the squad on Wednesday and his close contacts. They let them fly to Ireland and then five hours before kickoff pulled the plug. So yeah. I'm not 100% sure we heard the whole story because that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Based on my understanding of it, but yeah, I'm not a I'm not a COVID expert. Although I think I feel like I am a COVID expert at this stage, <laughs> but um, it makes yeah, I'm not something. I have a feeling something that they didn't tell us happened there because it looked like all the logical steps were followed. But yeah. look, I don't know. But it is what it is, and yeah, look, it's unfortunate. It would have been better and it just maybe leaves a sour taste um, that we didn't get the game but look we are where we are now so hopefully the week off has done and the world of good and uh, the poor, uh, we'll kick on from there Absolutely, the poor fellas, they were called at a Zoom meeting for Leinster were at 1 o'clock and yeah, had to report for training at 3 o'clock to run off all the carbs they were after eating yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's some crack alright when you're preparing for a game Um yeah, yeah, uh, nice. yeah, that's it. Um, so, Chris, there's only one change. Fardy's in. Um, Ryan Baird goes back to the bench. That's it. Um, so it's pretty much sticking with what they had to put out against yeah. Toulon. Pretty much strong enough team, all the same. I know we're missing a lot of players. Yeah. Like there were Gary Ringrose, probably going to miss a lot. A uh, couple yeah. of fellas like that, but generally a strong team. Yeah, no, I see Ringrose would be the biggest loss probably um, when you look the swap for swap we'd normally get in Leinster is you're virtually replacing an international with an international but um, you know that's not the case with um, Rory O'Loughlin who didn't have the best of games or had a couple of dicky moments um, in the last game oh lads that's the um, uh, yeah Sorry, um, a couple of dicky moments earlier in the game, so it's you know it's not ideal. 
it is what it is. So look, I think he'll be fine. Probably the extra game will, will bring him on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, we'll move away from that. The, sorry, b- before we go, your prediction. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to go for Leinster win. Leinster by four. Okay, tight enough. Um, and get an early good start as well and hold yeah, that lead. Yeah. Cool. Really um, we'll move on then to Munster against Toulouse. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, wasn't like wasn't. Good. Good first hour to be fair, yeah. And I think we said it actually their bench versus the Munster bench, there was no comparison, yeah. Um, and I think once the benches took over, they just had too much power, too much experience, too, too, too dynamic. Whereas the Munster bench just didn't have enough about it, um, as regards game changers. But you couldn't say they did anything other than play extremely well for that first hour and possibly should have been further ahead. But, um, yeah, so... But they fronted up in a way that they certainly hadn't the week prior in in the RDS. So um, I don't know whether that makes them feel better or worse, but um, it was... Yeah, it was disappointing, but at the same time, I think they probably played to the maximum of their ability as opposed to the week before. Yeah, and nice to see and very positive things coming out of it with the likes of Gavin Coombs. Yeah. We know he's a great player, but Jesus, he really showed it again last week. Yeah. He's oh, such he a good player. There. He was the, easily their best forward. Yeah, thought yeah. he was very good. Uh, so yeah, he's definitely a star of the future. A little bit strange their um, recruiting of an extra second row. You know, we spoke about that before, but it just seemed a bit strange that they've gone with another second row, um, given that they've two South African second rows already. So the recruitment looks a little, well, from the outside, looks a little bit strange. Yeah, especially when there's a, a guy ready to go there uh, in Munster. He's sitting there thinking, well, why are they buying in a second row? Uh, yeah, well, when I know he's just yeah. doing a job on his knee, so Thomas O'Hearn. So yeah. I don't know how bad it is, whether it's a full ACL job or quite what it is but I think he's gone for the rest of the season but yeah no it's not it's yeah it's a bit of a, bit of a strange one and the cost of it as well in the current climate uh, yeah, 600 grand I think was being mentioned oh, it's, it's, mo- it's, it's money that they don't really have Chris yeah, it, you know exactly realistically it. yeah no no interesting yeah look uh, there's something going on there we don't know about so I'm not I can't really speculate but yeah, um, you'd like to think that there's a little more to it than we can see because it doesn't, from the outside, look like an overly logical situation. Yeah, it's probably private funding in there as well. Um, yeah, and just off the back of the Munster chat, you know, a spurred on a conversation about Ronan O'Gara. So La Rochelle are flying it at the moment. They're playing yeah. some beautiful Um And after the Munster match, of course, people are coming out going, bring Raj back. <laughs> yeah. to, co- to coach Munster like come on lads calm yeah. down a bit um, yeah, yeah. yeah like that's God knows if that's ever going to happen Chris I think Ronan's happy enough where he is um, but the work he's doing with La Rochelle the experience he was saying during the week that he's taken a lot of stuff he learned in New Zealand and uh, trying to apply it to the teams he's working with um, different styles um, seems to be working La Rochelle were fantastic last week yeah, no, really good. And I heard him interview during the week. He was saying that 
he reckons he's got about somewhere between 40 and 50% of the culture embedded into the club he's in. So he reckons there's still a huge distance to travel for them to get to the sort of state where he'd be happy with their club culture and stuff. So um, I think he's, I mean, every week's a, a bonus for him at this stage. But yeah, God, they're playing some fantastic ball. And uh, yeah, no, and they'll be, they'll be tough ass tomorrow. Um, yeah, they're playing sales tomorrow, though, right? I think it is, yeah. So, it um, yeah. yeah, it'll be a really interesting challenge. But yeah, he's done an amazing job. And look, I mean, he's teed up for in five years' time or the next World Cup to lead Ireland to the next World Cup. But it would be really interesting to see what will happen first. Will he be offered the Munster job or the Irish job? And if I was him, you'd probably be leaning towards the Irish job. You can see him possibly going then for that Irish job in a couple of years, maybe bypass the Munster thing and uh, yeah, see just, how he yeah, goes. It'd probably be an easier job for him. That sounds a bit stupid, but in that, um, I just feel the focus for him to be a Munster um, and not be successful would just, you know, would be instant death. I just think... And I think he probably sees, I heard him interview the other day, actually, and he was saying that, you know, is your long-term ambition the Irish job? And he said, well, look, you know, I'm a career coach. That's the, obviously the ultimate goal. So, you know, I would, and, you know, he's very happy in France. He's, you know, it's probably an easier life for him than it is being under the glaring spotlight in in Munster and everything that goes with that. So, um, but look, yeah, I've no idea. We're all speculating the same as everybody else, but it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I would imagine my own gut feeling at this stage was that whether he would uh, wait it out and look and try and take, you know, maybe you'll see the Irish job. Absolutely. And given the way he's going, it would be a logical progression. So, yeah. He's on a good trajectory if he's got bringing oh, teams absolutely. to Heineken Cup yeah. uh, knockout stages. Anyway, it's the closest thing yeah. to well, not the closest thing to international, but it's on that ladder. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's it. Um, just before we leave, uh, Chris, um, Tim Corkery's named on the Leinster A team to face Connacht on Saturday as well. So he's uh, getting another run out in the blue jersey as well. All good. Good progress from the young yeah. lad. All good. Yeah, fantastic. Great opportunity for him. And uh, it's been so few A games as well, so it'll be yeah. a great opportunity for him to, to get a, a, you know, hopefully a full 80 minutes or whatever under his belt. So, yeah, look, it should be good. Yeah, where, where is that game on? Uh, it's in the sports ground, oh, as far as I know. Okay. You have me caught on the hop, Chris. I have it here in the phone. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, well, I have <laughs> my own facts straight there, so apologies. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's good to get get the interpros, the A interpros out as well, because like yeah, you no, said, no, they're no. few and far between. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of academy lads banging on the door to get into uh, exactly, yeah. the Leinster senior team, and in fairness, they do a good job of uh, keeping them going. Um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know where I've seen the team, Chris. It's not even on their website. 
Anyway, it's on something else, press release. Um, so, Chris, we're looking forward to that Exeter match. Fingers crossed. Um, we'll see how we go, but uh, we're both sort of looking for a, a Leinster win by around three, four points anyway. We'll settle for that, yeah, absolutely. Take that. Chris Pym, it's been great talking to you every week, as always. Um, we'll look forward to the game and we'll chat to you next week and hopefully we're talking about who we're playing in the semi-finals. Absolutely. <laughs> Please, God. That was former Leinster captain Chris Pym. I'm Stephen Byrne and that's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby and of course if you're into your GAA with the Clash Act, all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon.